The Indo-European language family includes languages as diverse as English, Spanish, Greek, Russian, Persian, and Hindi, which have been changing and diverging from each other for thousands of years, and are now radically different from their common ancestor language, Proto-Indo-European. It's often said that the Indo-European languages that retain the most similarities to Proto-Indo-European are the Baltic languages. That doesn't mean that they're the same as Proto-Indo-European, they're most certainly quite different. But they are the most conservative of the living Indo-European languages, and retain some features lost in other ones. There are only two Baltic languages that are living languages today, Lithuanian and Latvian. Though the Latgalian dialect of Latvian is sometimes considered a distinct language, and so is the Samogitian dialect of Lithuanian. People don't talk about these languages very much, and that might be because they're not spoken by a huge number of people. Lithuanian is the native language of around 2.38 million people in Lithuania, that's 85% of the population, and the majority of the others speak it as a second language, and a couple hundred thousand people speak it outside of Lithuania. Latvian is the native language of around 1.17 million people in Latvia, that's 62.1% of the population. Most of the others are native speakers of Russian, especially in the Latgale region where there's a large ethnic Russian population. If we exclude that region, Latvian is the native language of the vast majority of people. Around 100,000 people speak it outside of Latvia as well. Latvian and Lithuanian have a lot of vocabulary and features in common, but are still quite different and not mutually intelligible for the most part. Lithuanian is the more conservative of the two. It's worth noting that while Estonia is a Baltic country, the Estonian language is not Baltic. It's a Finnic language and comes from completely different origins. We'll talk about the origin of the Baltic languages in a moment. But first, let's talk about a software tool with numerous benefits for all of you world travelers and language enthusiasts. I'm talking about the sponsor of this video, Atlas VPN. Right now they have an amazing sale price of just $1.99 a month, which you should definitely take advantage of. I use Atlas VPN to view content online that's exclusive to certain countries. When I want to watch shows or movies in a different language, I use Atlas VPN to make streaming services think I'm in a country where that language is spoken, giving me access to more local content. You can also use Atlas VPN to keep your Google searches and downloads private, like if you're traveling in a country where an invasive government might be monitoring your online activity, or if you're worried about big tech using your data. It also stops illicit ads, malware, and trackers, and notifies you of attempts to use your data. Also, a VPN can help you get the best online prices, like the time I saved hundreds of dollars on a stock music subscription by using the American version of the site, rather than my local version. I prefer not to be ripped off, thank you very much. So Atlas VPN is a very useful tool all over the world, and it's the best deal all over the world, at only $1.99 per month for a 3-year subscription, on unlimited devices, with a 30-day money-back guarantee. But time is running out, so be sure to lock in that low price by clicking the link in the description down below. It's theorized that the Baltic languages share a common ancient origin with the Slavic languages, both tracing back to Proto-Balto-Slavic, as far back as 3,500 years ago. Then Proto-Baltic split into Western Baltic, which consisted of Old Prussian and other extinct languages, and Eastern Baltic, which consists of Lithuanian and Latvian. It's thought that the Baltic languages are conservative because of the isolation of the Baltic peoples in Northern Europe during the early migrations further south. It's thought that Latvian has changed more because of contact between the Eastern Baltic tribes and Finnic people called the Livonians. The Eastern Balts further south in Lithuania, though, bordered the Western Balts, whose languages were even more conservative. So Lithuanian was less prone to change from non-Baltic influence. 
But we have little direct evidence of how the Baltic languages developed, because they weren't written until Prussia, to the southwest of Lithuania, and Latvia were conquered in the Northern Crusades and converted to Christianity in the 13th century, coming under German influence and colonization. The oldest existing piece of writing in a Baltic language dates to the 14th century and is written in Old Prussian, which was spoken in Prussia. It was also in Prussia that the Lithuanian language was first written in the 15th century, in the northeastern area where Lithuanian was spoken, known as Lithuania Minor. The oldest Latvian writing dates to the 16th century. All three languages were influenced by German in orthography and vocabulary, and in the case of Old Prussian, the language died out by the 18th century, due to the Germanization and assimilation of its speakers. From the 16th to 18th centuries, Lithuania and parts of Prussia were part of the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth. Latvia, then called Livonia, was part of the Commonwealth at first, but was later conquered by Sweden. During the time of the Commonwealth, Polish became the language of the upper class and was used widely in urban areas. As a result, Polish loanwords entered Latvian and especially Lithuanian. Here are some example words of Polish origin that are still used in Lithuanian. Kishani. Meaning pocket. From Polish, kiesheng. Bokštas. Meaning tower. From Polish, basta. Pashtas. Meaning mail or post. From Polish, posta. Which traces back to Italian, posta. Kopustas. Meaning cabbage. From Polish, kapusta. And so on. In 1721, Swedish Livonia, which is today Latvia, was conquered by the Russian Empire. And then after the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth was partitioned in the 1790s, much of the territory inhabited by Baltic peoples came under the control of the Russian Empire, which attempted to Russify the population. For instance, from 1865 to 1904, they banned all Lithuanian print media using the Latin script, insisting on Cyrillic instead. But Lithuanians continued to use the Latin script in secret, smuggling in books that were printed across the border in Lithuania Minor, part of the German Empire at the time. In Latvia too, the Russian language was promoted over Latvian, and in the Latgale region, where ethnic Russians live, publishing and distributing books in Latvian was outlawed. The Baltic peoples were defiant towards Russification, with increasing nationalism and efforts to create new standardized forms of the Lithuanian and Latvian languages, removing German, Polish, and Russian influences, though not entirely. The Lithuanian and Latvian languages were strengthened in all areas of life after the Baltic countries became independent following the First World War, but in the 1940s they were once again occupied and forcibly incorporated into the Soviet Union. Once again, a policy of Russification was imposed on the Baltic countries, which this time included many settlers being imported from Russia. Today, over a third of the population in Latvia speaks Russian as their native language. In Lithuania, it's around 6.5% and Polish is just slightly higher. But once again, the Baltic peoples were defiant and maintained their languages and cultures. Since 1991, they've been independent again, and Lithuanian and Latvian are the official languages of their respective countries. Features. One similarity between Lithuanian and Latvian is obviously the resilience of their speakers and their determination to preserve their languages, but the languages themselves share many similarities as well. Both languages are quite conservative, retaining some features lost in most Indo-European languages. They're highly inflected, meaning that words have many different forms that indicate grammatical information about the word. Both languages have seven cases, as opposed to eight in Proto-Indo-European, or perhaps nine. Nominative, genitive, dative, accusative, instrumental, locative, and vocative. The exact case endings are different from each other, but they use the same seven cases. Here's an example word meaning wolf in either language. First in Latvian. 
in the nominative. Vilks. Accusative. Vilku. Genitive. Vilka. Dative. Vilkam. Instrumental. Vilku. Locative. Vilka. And vocative. Vilk. And then there are the plural forms for each case. And in Lithuanian. Vilkas. Vilka. Vilko. Vilkui. Vilku. Vilke. Vilke. And then there are the plural forms. The case endings are not always the same as those ones, though. Latvian has six different declension patterns, in other words, six different sets of case endings, three masculine and three feminine, while Lithuanian has five declension patterns. So you have to remember a whole lot of noun forms. Verbs in both languages also consist of a stem plus inflectional suffixes. They're conjugated for person and number, but the third-person singular and third-person plural forms are the same. These sentences mean the baby cries. In Latvian, Mazulis raud. And in Lithuanian, Kudikis verke. These sentences mean the babies cry. In Latvian, Mazuli raud. And in Lithuanian, Kudike verke. You can see that while the subject changes, the verb form doesn't. You probably also noticed that the words are totally different. Some Latvian and Lithuanian vocabulary is similar, but a lot is not. But actually, a Lithuanian speaker would likely understand this Latvian sentence because the words have cognates in Lithuanian. These words would mean something slightly different, like the little one weeps. Both languages are generally pro-drop in first and second person, meaning that a subject pronoun isn't necessary because the verb's suffix tells us the subject. For example, these sentences mean I went and you went. In Latvian, Es gāju, gāju, tu gāji, gāji. And in Lithuanian, Aš ejo, ejo, tu ejei, ejei. But they're not pro-drop in the third person because of ambiguity between third person singular and third person plural. These sentences mean he went and they went. In Latvian, Viņš gāja, viņi gāja. And in Lithuanian, Jis ejo, jie ejo. Neither Lithuanian nor Latvian has definite or indefinite articles, but in both languages there are definite and indefinite forms of adjectives that tell us the definiteness of the noun they modify. For example, these words mean either a stone or the stone. In Latvian, akmens. And in Lithuanian, akmur. But let's add an adjective meaning blue. A blue stone, zils akmens. The blue stone, zilais akmens. Melinas akmur. Melinasis akmur. It's important to note, though, that the definite adjectives aren't the norm in Lithuanian and are optional and are most commonly used for proper nouns and certain notable objects. Note that these definite forms here are for the nominative case in the singular, but the indefinite and definite forms differ depending on case and number, so there are many different forms of each adjective. Definiteness in adjectives traces back to Proto-Balto-Slavic and still occurs in Slavic languages as well. Both languages have quite variable word order because all the inflections help us know the function of the words in the sentence, so we rely less on word order for that information. For example, these sentences meaning the man caught a fish. In Latvian, which is SVO, and in Lithuanian, which is also SVO, but it could also be SOV. And actually, six different word orders are possible. Both languages have lost the distinction between who and what. Both are kas in both languages. These sentences both mean who is that and what is that. In Latvian, kas tas ir? Who or what that is. Ir. Is the third person singular form of būt, meaning to be. And in Lithuanian, kas tai? 
who or what, that. It could also be Kastira. like the Latvian sentence, but the verb to be Bute. is optional in the present tense. Both languages have pitch accent. There are tonal distinctions in heavy syllables, in other words, stressed long vowels, diphthongs, and mixed diphthongs, meaning a simple vowel followed by a nasal sound or an L or R sound. But it's a little different in either language. In Lithuanian, there's a two-tone distinction, a falling tone marked with an acute accent or a rising tone marked with a tilde. Tone distinctions can indicate a difference in meaning. For example, kaltus, meaning chisel, and kaltus, meaning guilty. In Latvian, there's a three-tone distinction, level, written with a tilde, falling, written with a grave accent, or broken, written with a circumflex. For example, ta, meaning that one in the feminine, ta, meaning like that, ta, meaning that one's in the masculine genitive. Another difference in their phonology is that in Latvian, stress is always on the first syllable, whereas in Lithuanian, the accent is variable. For example, the word for grass in Latvian is zale, while in Lithuanian it's Jolie. The first syllable stress of Latvian is thought to be from the influence of the Finnic language spoken by the Livonians. While Latvian has some palatal consonants, in Lithuanian, consonants before front vowels, y, or any palatalized consonants are always palatalized, like in Belarusian and Russian. We can see that in the words for grass we saw a moment ago, zale, in Latvian, and Jolie. in Lithuanian. Notice that the L sound is palatalized in the Lithuanian word. While Latvian and Lithuanian have a lot of cognate vocabulary, they also have a lot of different vocabulary. And of course there are lots of false friends, words that look and sound similar but have different meanings. A couple of examples. Mounds. Meliness. The Latvian word means black. The Lithuanian word means blue. Moksla. Moksles. The Latvian word means art. And the Lithuanian word means science. And even though there are a lot of cognates between the two languages, that doesn't mean they're always identical or obvious. It often requires some deciphering. For example, I drank in Latvian es zero. and in Lithuanian es geru. It may not be immediately obvious that the verbs here are cognates, Latvian zert. and Lithuanian gert. But when attempting to read either of the two languages, the good news is that the words are spelled how they sound, for the most part. This is because Lithuanian and Latvian were standardized rather late, including their orthography. But reading Lithuanian words requires a bit more knowledge of the language's phonology. In this case, that consonants are palatalized before front vowels. But once you know those rules, you can pronounce the words based on how they're written. As you can see, the Baltic languages are fascinating languages with a rich set of features. But those features probably make learning one of them very intimidating, especially for people whose native language doesn't have so many inflected forms. You'll often hear people claim that the Baltic languages, especially Lithuanian, are basically the same language as Proto-Indo-European, but these claims are very much exaggerated. While they are very conservative and preserve many old features, they've also changed in many ways, and other branches of Indo-European preserve some features that the Baltic languages don't. That's not a good thing or a bad thing, it's just how it is. The question of the day. If you're a speaker of Latvian or Lithuanian, how well do you understand the other language? And to other people, do you notice any features of your own language that are similar to the Baltic languages? I'd like to give a shout out to all of the Langfocus Patreon supporters who make it possible to bring you educational content like this. I'd especially like to thank the patrons whose names appear on the screen because they are the top tier Patreon supporters. So let's give them a round of applause.
As I mentioned in the video, the Baltic languages are thought to trace back to the Proto-Balto-Slavic language, before Baltic and Slavic branched off from each other. Check out my video on the Slavic languages. It's six or seven years old and pretty embarrassing, but you might still learn a thing or two.